Do you think uh, in the future we're going to see vehicles being traded on the blockchain like, are yes, essentially going to be yes, NFTs? Very easy. I mean, I sold a car already on yeah. the blockchain. Welcome to the Alpha Podcast, made possible by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, hosted by me, Jussup. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that what you're about to hear is not financial advice, nor do we endorse any of the guests or projects on the show. This is simply meant for educational purposes, and oftentimes I'm learning about these projects in real time as we're recording them. While this is brought to you by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, the opinions expressed are of my own or the guests, and not of the companies. So without further ado, let's tap into the episode. Uh, my name is Elo. I'm the founder of Supercar Rooms Miami. I live here in Miami. I'm originally from the UK. My background is from Africa. I was born in England. I moved here in 2014 in search of art, culture, cars, and beautiful weather. <laughs> you found beautiful weather, didn't you? I found all of the above. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, not only did I find all of the above, I also found the fact that this is the only place in the world you can drive it like you stole it. <laughs> I, I see that on the uh, freeways all the time. You hear it. The cool thing here is that the culture is very automotively inclined and more importantly, people are a bit more liberate. It's still, I call Miami a city without you know the squareness of a city. It's a rounded city. So you have arts, you have culture, you have cars, you have crypto, you have anything yeah. you can imagine is welcome in the magic city. <laughs> That's why they call it magic. Reminds me of a uh, Cuban Vegas too. It is. Yeah. It is literally the Cuban Vegas. Yeah. You've just nailed it. This is a new <laughs> word. I'm going to make a t-shirt out of it. I believe it, yeah. So we're at um, HQ Supercar Rooms in Miami. We're at 2022 Northwest First Court. We're the only automotive gallery of its own in the U.S., I think, because we actually show cars and exhibit cars as pieces of art. So we're not a museum like most people think we are. We're an automotive art gallery. Our art pieces, rather than only being on the wall, we have some wall art pieces too. Yeah, um, see, paper legend. Paper legend. Yeah. He's in the house. Yes, he's all the way from Germany, and I love his work. So I said, hey, let's. Your stuff is three dimensional. I like yeah. three dimensional art. So we got them over, and yeah, so we're literally a fusion between cars, art, culinary art, and visual art. Culinary art. Yes, yes, culinary. Where, where's the culinary come in? I don't know if you realize when you look around the gallery, you will see that we have car banners. Not cabanas, they car banners. <laughs> I designed that and I painted the name, car banners. So it's where you drive your car onto your own table. And there is a table <laughs> there of six. And for my members, they love it because they drive their car and they can have a menage a trois. <laughs> their wives and their girlfriends is their car. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're happy both ways. Now, I'm that guy. When I was living in the UK, my wife used to say, let's go to a restaurant. And I'm like, okay. And the first thing I'll be thinking, where would I park? Because in the UK, we're not park friendly. Yeah. Roads are smaller, older town. You park a mile away. You have to walk. And I was always saying, why can a restaurant not literally have me park right next to my table? Then I wouldn't have to make so many bathroom excuse breaks and run to go check out the car and then come back and continue dining so when we came here that was the boom that was a spark i'm like i'm gonna make this space which kind of doubles up as a dining experience but you can bring your car onto your table that's that. yeah i see it 
this one. Cool. So do you have a restaurant, like a menu people can come? Oh, this is the best part. So we're not a restaurant. People go say, you a restaurant? I would like to book and come to your restaurant. Unfortunately, we're not a restaurant. What we are is a very simple, we're an automa- automotive gallery with culinary experience. So what we do is every month, once a month, we do the, what we call Art Walk Supercar Dining Experience. And the Art Walk Supercar Dining Experience kind of mixes everything else. So you have the art that will display, so you get the element of the art, and you have the chef that comes in, and right there where you're serving the coffee, right behind the Lamborghini tractor, yeah, is where the chef makes a complete culinary display cooking the food live. Oh, wow. And we bring in different chefs to different months. And also we bring in non-chefs. Our most important call chef that we've actually brought over, but she's not a chef, she's actually Carol Shelby's wife, is <laughs> Cleo Shelby. She literally cooked for 36 guests. Wow. And gave them the exact meal she used to give her husband. Wow. That's an experience money that's Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's a full experience. Experience. I mean, I was crying when I saw her making the food and cooking it and getting everything ready and sous chef come here and do this. And it was just stunning because it's, you're eating the plate, Carol Shelby's plate. Right. What she normally cooks for Carol Shelby. Don't ask me how the food was, (laughs) but I can tell you that. I loved it regardless because it was eating a legendary's favorite meal right we do that all the time we also did the ferrari experience we recently did the lamborghini where we had fabio lamborghini here and we had his chef come from italy oh wow and curated with our supercar chef our own chef taught our supercar chef how you cook for the lamborghini dynasty all the guys ate a lamborghini you know yeah plate of bolognese because you know they're from bologna the lamborghini national dish is spaghetti tagliatelle alla bolognese <laughs> which is incredible yeah, man, I didn't know you did all that in here. Uh, speaking of Lamborghini, you got a tractor right here. Tell me about this tractor. Well, this is a very special tractor. As a matter of fact, it's, it's a bet. I actually won the tractor in a bet. So I met Fabio Lamborghini at a fair in Padova. And, you know, like me, I'm a bubbly kind of guy, very simple. Walk over to him, I'm like, hey... I like the brand, I like this, and we're talking, and he's like, okay, what Lamborghinis do you have? At the time, I had the 5000S Countach. I said, I got a 5000S. He didn't believe me. I think a part of him thought, hmm, is this guy for real? And then another part says, let me test him. So he's trying to ask me <laughs> where my first gear was. Was it down or up to see if I really had a 5000S? And I said, oh, yeah. It's, I gave him the correct answer, and he turned around. And he goes, I said, hey, by the way, I own the London Motor Museum. And he said, nah. He said to his friend in Italian, right? Nah, he doesn't know the London Motor Museum. He goes, I've heard a lot of stories, but that's the biggest piece of crap I've heard in a long time. But he didn't realize I spoke Italian, so I turned to him and I said, Hey, I'll bet you, if I do own the London Motor Museum, I want one of your tractors. He's like, deal. And you got to realize, we're back in the 90s, right? Couldn't just take up your phone and Google stuff. Right, right. We had one of those flip phones. <laughs> uh, it's literally like analog. You know, there were yeah. no images that were on it. Oh, know? I remember, yeah. Exactly. We had to yeah. press three times to get one to letter get one for the letter. text. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did we live in doing that? Right. I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, so the point was that um, at some point, we realized that I owned the museum. And I was amazed because he called me and said, hey, you've just won yourself a tractor. 
because I would have been, I, you know, part of me didn't believe he was going to give me the tractor. Right. But then when he said, hey, you just won yourself a tractor, I thought, this is a stand-up guy. I flew out of Italy, and, and whilst I was getting the tractor, I accidentally, accidentally saw that little Fiat on the side, which is right there. I've just parked it there. And it's, if you see on the back of the Fiat, it's Bolognese. It's like B.O., which is a city where Santa Agata, where the factory is. And I'm like, whose Fiat is that? He goes, oh, that's my dad had given me that car when I turned 17. <laughs> Even though I was already driving all the Kuntashis and the Mura, he humbled me by giving me a Fiat <laughs> my first car. So I said, that one too I want to buy. <laughs> so I ended up coming out of there with two things. The Fiat, which is his first car, and the Lamborghini Tractor, which is tractor number three. Tractor number three. Correct. Lamborghini is a brand that was a little bit like crypto is today. Right. They, who dare tries, dare wins. And Lamborghini was that. So owning a tractor, I curated, and I, me and my buddies thought we'd do a, a drop, but we never really did it. We just messed around. We did a thing called Lambo to the Moon. And I'm sitting on it, and I've got a, my, my good friend, you know, big comic art, did the art on it and I'm on the tractor and I'm heading to the moon and I'm, <laughs> do you have this? Yeah, I'll share. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got to see. Actually, it. we did publish it but we never really sold it. We just did it for fun just to see what it what, what it will give and people love that. But I'll share that with you. Speaking of NFTs and crypto, so you dropped one of the first NFT F1 projects, right? Yeah, uh, not just F1, crypto cars. So back in 2019 and 2017, as early as 2017, I was like, okay, so what's this thing about non-fundable tokens? I was, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, what is that? It's a contract. Okay, so it's a contract, but can the contract exist written form or in imagery form? And then once I heard it could exist in imagery form, me and Jake started exploring and started messing around. And Jake had a little one and a half year old son. So, you know, it was like, this is what my son would see. And we just wanted to be messing around. So we went in that pixelated style art, which I'll share with you as well. And, you know, and people started hitting us back. I'm like, yo, this is cool. I like that. What's all that about? And we're like, you know, imagine in its pure form as a child, innocent, how do you see a car? You see it a bunch of lines, this, 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 and that. Right. And that's what a car is before you start getting it all fancied. And and then I thought it'd be really nicer to just go back to the basics of, you know, just back to the basics of pixelation of the early computers. I'm an AOL guy, so I'm always being laughed at when I give my email. Like, you know, you still AOL, got it? I still got the AOL, you know? And then I go, well, I'm a, one of those guys. I go, yeah. connecting, yeah. <laughs> you know, and kids these days don't know that. Right. You know, they complain when they can't get on the, immediately. They're like, what's up with my phone? I can't log in. They didn't know that we used to get discs of yeah, how floppy, much time we would get. Floppy disk too, yeah. <laughs> Remember the ones of floppy disks? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, you just damaged my floppy disk. Yeah. And he got upgraded to like a real disk, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we went into the blockchain thing early. But we didn't think it was going to be anything. We went in there just innocently, like car lovers and right. car guys. And we thought, let's make a collection of, you know, vintage crypto stuff and then it just picked up from there and because we went in early all the other guys that came in afterwards on the car nft world were like oh my god these are the guys especially jake he's a, such an amazing artist 
He's been in that space ever since 2016. He only met me when we started doing crypto cars 2019. Yeah. But he's been in that space exploring that since 2016. They always run up to him like, oh my God, you're the OG, you're the OG. I can't believe I'm talking to an OG. You've been doing this forever. But, you know, and we sold a few pieces. And we kind of see that our art pieces are worth 10% of the real value. So if this Formula One car was worth $2 million, the NFT drop should be worth $200,000. Yeah. That's how we see it. But there's no reasoning behind it. It could right. be worth more, but we want to start there. That's our floor level. Do you think uh, in the future we're going to see vehicles being traded on the blockchain like their uh, deeds are yes, essentially going to be yes, NFTs? Yes, easy. I mean, I sold a car already on yeah. the blockchain. So I sold the NFT and I sold the car for a dollar. <laughs> and that was the title change. Yeah. I exchanged a dollar for the car. But the NFT was what was the main. So it's a contract. Yeah, I think it's an easy, like you could buy houses. A friend of mine just bought a house in Surfside. You know, it's a contract, but this time it's a contract between peer and peer. We don't need central governments. We don't need the guys who basically take a commission for everything. We don't need closing costs. How much is your house? Right. <laughs> well, what do you want to, 10 bitcoins? 10 bitcoins it is. Right. And I've got the contract. Right. It's written in the contract receiving 10 bitcoins releases the house to me and that's what it is you you've known ryan at west coast customs for a while right known him since i was 21 wow you know ryan a superstar guy like that <laughs> i was a big fan but not only i've always been into cars so collecting cars and being in the same space was just normal that our paths kind of collided several several times sema yeah. la auto show pomona swap me Everywhere. I've known Ryan and then on TV. I know him when he was in Inglewood. In Inglewood. Yeah, the old school. And they were right there in the back store of Inglewood with Big Dane <laughs> and Crazy Mike. Is Crazy Mike still around? I'm not sure. I think he went to Galpin. And you've done some TV stuff yourself, right? Yeah, well, Ryan was the leader in that stuff. And every time I used to see him, he's like, you need your own show. And, and I tried it three times. And I just didn't like the TV world. <laughs> But then I get what Ryan fired everybody and ended up having his own production crew. Because yeah. When you work with other production crews and other producers, you have to basically, you have to give and take. Saying you're going to do A, B, and C, but then they want you to do D, E, and F. <laughs> and that for me was where I drew the line. Right. I didn't want it to be fake. I didn't want my show to be unrealistic. I didn't want to portray myself as a guy who throws tantrums man, because I'm, I don't I'm a chill guy I'm like I'm like yo coconut elo tree chill out you know so I don't believe in negative energy and any negative energy in my space is, it draws me down I don't like confrontations yeah I like to think create and innovate that's what I like to do so yeah. I like to be left in that, sp that world of innovation we talked a little bit about this project that you're doing coming up did you want to talk about that? Obviously, being a European or being from England, we were born with Formula One in the backyard. And I've always been a big fan of Formula One. Back in 2018, when they were trying to pitch Miami as a city to host Formula One, I was very much involved in that. We actually threw the official Formula One fan fest party here. We had all the drivers come by here. I met all my old friends and peers, and David Coulthard and Magnussen and all those guys. We kind of hang out and did some really cool stuff. And then when obviously Miami won the bid to be a 
Formula One city. It's just natural that I get involved. Whether I liked it or not, I was already drawn in anyway. I'm a car guy. So, so um, all the teams knowing that i am got this amazing enthusiasm for Formula One, they shipped me their cars. So these are actually the Alfa Tori last year, 2021 car from Alfa Tori Racing. This is the one that Pierre Gasly drove. And it was sent to me immediately as soon as the race was finished. So I've had this car here for three months. Then the Red Bull car came. It's not Verstappen's Red Bull car. It's a show car because the Verstappen car that won the race is now being put in a vault. Right. As, oh my God, that won the championship. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a very special car, right? So this one is a show car, but this is a real deal. So, yeah, so we're doing a... Um, a six-day activation, which will be incredible. And we're hoping to have Solana. We had some great meetings with Bartosz and, and Anatol, and they're all excited about it. We're hoping to have them on board. So we're doing a, I call it a Tuesday dinner orientation dinner. So you get to understand the whole week and pick up all your accreditations and you get to meet the entire crew, the production, the producers. We're doing that here at Supercar Rooms for 80 people. 40 cars. On Wednesday, we're doing a very special watchmaking class because my lead sponsor is IWC and they literally want us to understand the concept of time, which for me works well because time and racing is in the same space. Yeah. You race against time. Yeah. So they're going to build a very special watch, by the way. I'm going to let the bag out of the cat out of the bag a little bit. For the first time ever, IWC is partnered with another company, another brand, to produce a very small, limited 12 watches, wow. which will be numbered and the, and the owner's names will be engraved in the back for this F1 experience. So that watchmaking class, the watchmaker would take the entire watch apart and rebuild it within an hour. And then we'll get to the end where everybody will be having to watch it go tick, tick, would it click or... It's amazing. It's the same concept, building engines. You know, when we build the engine and we get to the end, we're like, okay, this is the moment of truth. It's a million dollars. When you put in the gasoline, <laughs> you fire it up, and she goes, she comes alive. <laughs> so it's exactly the same thing. So we're doing the watchmaking class on Wednesday. Then Thursday, it's a big day. That Thursday is a rally to the Keys. So we're rallying all the way down to Key Largo. 40 cars leaving Miami Beach, rallying all the way to Key Largo, getting to Key Largo and turning back and coming back. That's from 11 to 4. When we get back, most people want to relax. There are a couple of dinners and parties happening that night. Then Friday is the big day. So Friday is where hopefully we're going to be partnering with Solana. Well, we're doing the official Formula One opening party. And you could bring your car, get it minted, and then we'll auction your car off during the party and the proceeds of that auction will go to your own charity of your own choice because we believe that we've got to give back from the one right. doesn't give back our way of giving back our way of these guys with all this money and excess is allow your car to be minted put it up to auction and they're welcome to auction on it yeah. it's a good idea because a lot of them wouldn't want to be last these are egoistic I say I'm in the business of egos trust me <laughs> I believe they all want to be on top yeah. you make a chart then you see your egos pop out because they're like, they don't like the video. Oh, my stuff is in the bottom. <laughs> so the idea is it's going to create a lot of hype and a lot of money that will be used to give into all these different charities. Yeah. 
and all that will be taken and handled by Solana, which will be perfect because all I have to do is just the simple R&D back. All right. It'll be cool to see it come to life. Yeah. I think, it'll, I think it changes the event and brings it into the metaverse. Yeah. It brings it alive to people that can experience it. Well, this will be only open to 300 people. Yeah. So there are people all around the world, for some reason or the other, financial or maybe even health, will be like, I would like to be there. You right. can be part of that experience digitally by just logging in. I think a lot of that, the, what the space is providing is that, right? And, you know, with COVID and everything that happened, and there's a lot of people that are even afraid to go out or and stuff. Like Very true. A lot, I think this space excelled significantly because of that, because now there is a huge need for people to be a part of things without going out and traveling, and yeah. now we can and, do that. And on top of that, the experience could be actually 10 times better. Sometimes when you're on property, it's great experience, but you miss things. Right. If you're digitally, you can always turn back and look at it again. You know, like if you're at a football game and you miss a touchdown, what happened? I, I, I just went to get some beer. <laughs> if you're watching it on TV or if you're watching it on a podcast or whatever, you can keep revisiting that moment. I'm going to tell you something a guy told me the other day, which was really cool. He said, hey, and I was like, it's incredible how the world has moved in the last three years, the world has moved over 100 years prior. Yeah. Like the, 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 the graph of how we've accepted things, the human body or the human brain has accepted certain things. And I was like, he was like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, let me give you an example. If 10 years ago, I told you that a gentleman you never know would show up in front of your house because your daughter picked up a phone, pressed a number, Pressed and I never spoke to nobody. Pressed another two, three buttons. Pick up your 16-year-old daughter and take her to school and back. Would you do it? He's like, hell no. Doing it now. He's like, oh shit, yeah. That's what I'm talking about normalizing. Yeah. We trust people to just drop our food off that we've never met or seen. <laughs> it's insane. Pick up your kids that you've never met and seen. You yeah. even, back in the day, you had to talk to people. Right? Like, hello, yeah, I want to order a taxi. Okay, it's not coming. Oh, what's up, Peter? Yeah, great. Hi, business. Great. It's become contactless. So there's no Peter on the other side that you've done 600 phone calls to. Right. You can just go press in. a button and some guy you never met and never seen shows up and picks you up. And you go the whole ride not saying a word. <laughs> exactly. Not saying a word. And get there and leave. Yeah. It's, it's evolution. Just, yeah. We've evolved 1,000 times in three years than in 300 years before. Um, I think it's exponential. It's going to continue to grow. I mean, that's like how technology is. is it just continues to exponentially I think with the invention, somebody once said, what's the most important invention in the world? He gave me three options. I'm going to turn that to you. Option one, bread. Bread doesn't grow on the ground. It was invented. Somebody decided to take wheat, yeast, make bread. Bread is an invention. Number two, electricity, the light bulb. Yeah. Number three, the internet. Which one would you say? Probably the internet. Bread? I don't think so. I think bread. Without bread, we would not be there. Right. Without bread, bread is the most staple food for most people. Still, till today. Generations upon generations have lived off wheat and storing wheat. And then the second most important invention is electricity. Electricity. You can have internet without electricity. You know what I mean? So these are like the building blocks. But the one that is taking us furthest, quickest, and incredibly fastest is the internet. But I think that's, that's where it goes back to the exponential, right? Like, 
electricity allows us to get so far and then exponentially you add the internet and goes that much further and whatever is on top blockchain is going to go that much further so definitely exponential i want to close this there's a really special lamborghini that you showed me yesterday tell me about this thing and then uh, so this is a ever since my so-called bet with fabio lamborghini yeah i've been very close to the family as a matter of fact i am also the license holder lamborghini outside the automotive world. oh cool so Anything Lamborghini, water, like the wines, it's a Fabio Lamborghini wines, those are all under my license. Cool. Which is something, which is the bread and butter business. Yeah. Which I do without actually seeing. I just sit back. What's happening? Yeah. Things are moving. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so the point is, I've was, ever since I met Fabio, I've always been the person to, I never had the honor of meeting Mr. Ferruccio himself. And... He died in 1983. For me, I was only 11 years old, and I wasn't exploring myself in the automotive space as such. So ever since I met Fabio, it's as if I was meeting the reincarnation of the great man. So when the 50th year of anniversary came along, I started talking to Fabio about building a car that would, significant, would be significant enough to express the hidden words of Ferruccio Lamborghini. Because most people misunderstood him. There were two types of builders, and it, those who were builders because they were historically born in a building firm, like their fathers were car builders, like the Pininfarina family. There was, you know, the Maserati family. These are like families of automotive gods. And then there are people that were just opportunists, like you and I, blockchain people, but the early blockchain right. people. And that's Lamborghini. He had never built a car in his life came back from the army, he served in the Italian army during the Second World War, and he had no jobs. So he went to work the farms with his dad. And whilst he's working the farms with his dad, he realized his dad was putting him to work doing things the harder way, so he wanted to work smarter. So he built his first tractor, and then found out that the government was giving him loads of companies in, the US, in, the US, in Italy, loans or grants if they were gonna build something that would build the economy. So he started the tractor company. Then he bought a car and he decided to, he bought a car from Ferrari and decided who wouldn't want to buy, buy a car from Ferrari. It was the most important car, per, car builder of the time, I mean, right. in a decade still. So he buys a car and then he takes it home and realizes that the second gear has no traction or no pull or something. Being an engineer in his own way, he drove up back to Lamborghini and says, hey, you know what, senor or commandator, this car, the second gear is no good. And he felt so bad about it told him to get the F out of his property because he didn't believe that a tractor guy was coming to tell him the engine, the transmission was So he went back and says, okay, since he's kicking me out of his property, I'm gonna, re I'm gonna repair his problem. So he took the entire gearbox out. He redid all the gearing and he put it back in and he drove back a second time. He says, now take this car and drive it. And Lamborghini was like, I don't wanna ever see you. You're gonna tell me you're gonna change my Ferrari part for a tractor part and think that you, hell no. And that was the beginning of the field. Since then, he was forced to build seven cars like the Espada, but not out of his own will because he was always shut down by the Ferrari clan. Everywhere he went to try and do fairs, auto shows, if Ferrari was there, Ferrari would say, if Mr. Lamborghini ever shows up, I'm leaving. And everybody wanted to keep Ferrari. 
So he was always shunned to the side. So he had no choice but to take a Swedish investor. And the investor wanted him to sell cars into the US. Hence, he built the Espada, which looks like a really ugly cousin to the Charger. <laughs> and it didn't make work, it didn't work. And he wasn't proud of his own work then. But from a mistake came the most beautiful car he ever built. Because he had milled 2,000 engines of the Espada waiting for orders. But the orders never came. In 1971, in a small secret project in you know, Santa Cata de Bolognese, he started building what we today know as a Countach. So on one hand, you have the Espada, which meant a dagger was being pushed in my chest, and the Espada project ignited the project of the Countach, which actually means, in his village, fucking A, my bad. You can beat that. You're good. <laughs> One project that was not well-received and well-loved into one project that is well-loved. So us, with this car, we wanted to give back homage to Ferruccia and say this is what he would have done if he was around in 2018. That was done in his spirit of Ferruccia Lamborghini. It was done by my boy, Danton Customs, who is the best car builder ever. And with guidance of, obviously, Fabio Lamborghini. And we even had Rich Rawlings on there, too. Mm. Kind of like, you know, help do some small consulting here and there and add his flair to it because we would know he's going to live in the U.S. But yeah, it's an amazing project. I'm so lucky and honored to be part of this project and part of this build and part of this whole concept. I think it brought a lot of eyes to Lamborghini fans because they've been waiting for that pure Lamborghini magic. And when we came out with this, you know, car it was oh my god this is one cool car <laughs> i don't know one person in the world that hasn't said that car is cool yeah it's uh, i agree i can attest <laughs> so i appreciate you coming on and uh taking the time to do this what where can people find you online oh we're easy to find so we are supercarrooms.miami and a lot of people think miami is part of the brand so they put supercarroom.miami.com <laughs> no Guys, it is Supercar Rooms with an S. Dot Miami. Come and check out our amazing five-day activation we're doing for Formula One with the sixth and seven days on the track. And the Friday night will be the best party the world has ever seen. The best automotive party. Like my friend said, what would it look like? And I say, take Gone in 60 Seconds. That when they break into the garage and take the best underground house party ever and mix them together. When you have all those cars inside a party, the party lights up. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it happen, man. I appreciate your time, and uh, you guys heard it first. And I'm so glad we can obviously welcome you here with open arms, and please come back and definitely join us at Supercar Rooms anytime. Stay in tune because we do some cool stuff. Perfect. <laughs>